Well, wait a minute. We didn't Rachel, even get to know can our... I tell you, we love that you're doing this. It is so fun to listen oh, to you. Oh, we've watched everyone twice. And <laughs> you bring such fun and joy to this. We really appreciate it. And we love you and we miss you. And I just have to say, my favorite food is Italian beef and French fries. FYI. Mine and is... fruit is a dessert, Rachel. Fruit <laughs> is a dessert. <laughs> I have to say that. And my favorite food is always grilled cheese sandwiches. I agree. And my favorite. Your favorite songs. My favorite song. We I have so many. Together on a Saturday, Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> favorite cheer. Baby in the high chair. Who put her up there? Ma, pa, sis, boom, ba. Go and Oh, I like chicken patties. You like chicken patties. A lot. Good day, sunshine. Good day, sunshine. Good day, sunshine. I need to laugh. Welcome to Beside Lake Mila. Today's podcast guests need no introduction, so we're just going to get right into it. But before we do, make sure you don't miss an episode by following Beside Lake Mila on Instagram and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your pods. Knit one, roll two! Sandy and Terry, this one's for you. Let's get into it. Good day, sunshine. We take a walk. The sun is shining down. Burns my feet as I touch the ground. Hi. Hey, pretty girl. How are you, Rach? Good. How are you? Good. We're loving that we're, you guys you're, you actually wanted to spend the time with us today. <laughs> the old people. I just want to see. I like that your hair is pulled back just like mine. <laughs> <laughs> Had to keep it back. It's camp. It's camp. Got to have your hair pulled back. Yeah. Okay, we're ready. Well, I so I want to say that I've been so excited for this like all week. Oh, so have we. We've been really looking. We've been really looking to forward to it. And we were, we were we're practicing our questions. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, okay, what's your favorite song? I know we're going over all your old interviews so we can get an idea. Except we probably won't. I'll probably stutter and everything. Let's start at the beginning. How did you become the owners of Marimita? Oh, my gosh. Well, I met Terry. I hired her to be a counselor in 1981. And I was at her college interviewing students. And I'm, you know, I'm four years older than Terry. So I was done with college and I was a social worker and I was working for the Wassermans who owned Menominee and Marimita. And then I met Terry at this wonderful camp fair. She came to camp. We went on our first date on Tuesday night, and then two weeks later, I asked her to marry me, <laughs> and we fell in love really fast, and then two years later, we, when Terry graduated college, we were married, and Alan and Elaine, and Alan and Elaine came to us and asked us if we'd be interested in buying Maramita, because my mom used to be the director there when Terry and I worked for her, and she no longer wanted to you know, she was older and wanted to retire. And uh, we had the opportunity to buy Marimita. It was really low in enrollment. So we both had jobs. I became a high school teacher. Terry became a kindergarten teacher. 
and I st we still did social work, and we bought Maramita. So, um, and we, all thanks to Alan and Elaine. All thanks to Alan and Elaine Wasserman giving us an opportunity to do it. And my mother was a great advisor for us, and that's forty years ago. So here we are. Yeah, we loved it. It was a labor of love for us. We fell in love there, and we wanted to do something together. And uh, Terry and I are one of those fun couples that the more we spend together, the more fun we have. <laughs> I know that the colors of Marimita used to be green and white. Was that because of Menominee? Yes. That's exactly right. Exactly. Because Menominee had the same owners as Marimita back when Marimita was first in his thought infancy. about. Yeah. yeah. And so everything, all the cabins were green and white. Everything was green and white. And then, I don't know. When it switched or why it switched? I'm in sure the fifties, I'm sure your mom or somebody yes. said, "Why do we want to be the exact same colors?" And so, yeah, I think it was Aunt Edna mm -hmm. who ran Maramita to begin with. Maybe just said it needs to right. look more girly. Maybe I don't know. If, I don't know if green is considered a boy color, but you know that's I think what happened. We'll have to check in the rec hall this summer and go and see when it stopped. Because you can see there's green, there's a plaque or two at the beginning that said green team. Mm -hmm. So that's our red and white story. How do how have the tra traditions stayed and changed over the years? Well, when um, camp originally started, the girls wore exactly the, the same, same outfits. outfit every day. It was like a tartan shirt, they called it, and shorts. Or blue jeans they were able to wear. And they that was something that they did for years. And then they switched it to Actually, just red and white colors. Right. Then they could only wear red and white. Mm -hmm. Right. And then when we bought Maramita, it we was added, always red and white. But we, we added, added black. black. Because it was hard to always find red and white shorts only. Mm -hmm. So we added the black. And then... Well, did did we do four weeks before we changed the dress code? Or no? I don't remember. I think we we changed the dress code because so many camp was getting very expensive for people, mm -hmm. for people. and to, and people were saying to go out and buy all new clothes because when you're like ten years old, you're certainly a different size than when you're twelve or thirteen. So parents were spending so much year, money on camp clothes, clothes every year that we decided it, it would be much easier to go without the dress code. We kind of missed it, but then when we went from eight weeks to four weeks. It was easier for people. Believe it or not, enrollment increased when we dropped the dress code, which was very strange. But I think people were leery. It was a lot of private schools. Still, You still wear uniforms. And uh, we liked it, though, because there was no competition oh, in dressing. Here's mm -hmm. another thing that changed that I find really interesting. The red and white sing, okay? The slow song used to be a campfire song. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the lines, they switched it and they picked like a popular slow song. And I don't know where that changed because I feel like when they switched that, we stopped losing the ability to sing a lot of our campfire songs because nobody knew them because they weren't taught during the sing. The, the mm -hmm. sing really comes down to so that the girls learn all learn the songs. Learn Mary songs. This is really where it comes from. The sing was a big tradition back in fraternities and sororities in the in the fifties, and that's and they started at at Maramita and Menominee because of that. 
and MTV happened. We started that. We wanted so, we wanted something good for Mir, uh, the Miramita League, and so we came up with this MTVs. Mm-hmm. I'm sure counselors are the ones who said, "Oh, let's do this," and it started <laughs> out really a very on a very small scale. And then it just kept. It was like the year or two after MTV was on TV, on television. Just started morphing into more and more where it became this really, it's like the sing. It's, you Mm -hmm. know, that type of, you know, you have to use your art skills and you have to use your music skills. And it's not all athleticism, you know, but dancing is a big part of it, you know, so. So that changed. They added, if they didn't used to have a five year night. That was something your mom and right, Lloyd you know, added? No, you know, no, we added. I Lloyd? I added Five Year Night. I thought it was Lloyd that did no. all the songs. Lloyd wrote the songs, okay. but we added Five Year Night. When I came to Maramita in 1979, the five-year campers <laughs> and counselors used to go to Manaqua for the day. And Town Day was in Eagle River. Mm-hmm. And then I said, why don't we do like a five-year night like we did at Menominee? And then my mom was real excited about that. We had a guy who came from Menominee before me named Lloyd, who was a program director. And he used to write all the songs and all the programs for those kind of events. And then we switched and we started bringing our campers to Manaqua, the whole camp. And everybody seemed to like that change. Mm-hmm. And so that's how, and then it became tradition. So, that's what, so traditions, you know, are great. In so many aspects, but they change and develop over time to become something bigger or they fizzle out because it's not as important, you know, for that next generation. So Mm -hmm. change is always good. That's I think people forget that, that if you don't change, you kind of just stay the same and staying the same for a long time becomes stagnant. So you want change and you need new things to come up and you know, slowly replace things and change. So- Just like Maramita League. Maramita yeah. League's another tradition. We didn't have it. When we when Terry and I bought Maramita, they every the first session red and white lasted eight weeks back in the day. It yeah, started see, and it started the first week of camp and it lasted all summer long. And we thought um, and then there was a thing called the, we pizza called it a different thing, it? like Pizza League or Candy League. You know, Snickers Gem would League. play the M&Ms. Or if we did Gem League, the Diamonds would play the Rubies. And we made all these different teams. And we decided to make Maramita League like, like Red and White. Especially when we started accepting four-week campers. Uh, because you couldn't come in the middle. It was hard to come in the middle and just jump into a something that was already going on. Mm-hmm. So it made like a Maramita League was like red and white the first session, then we do red and white the second instead. And it honors those kids, you know. The More people can be captains. Be captains and stuff, which is important. And that's right? what we, you know, we want to create things for people to get excited about. And and give more leadership awards. Because after all, that's what camp is all about. <laughs> to be a great person. Yeah. Talking about Maramita League, how do you choose the colors every year? Oh, that is much more difficult than people think about. <laughs> um, we try to find something that's in style at that time, right? Um, or sometimes we throw it back old school. We try to do something that way. Um, you know, so we, we talk about it. We sit down. We see what colors look nice to, next to each other. And that's how we pick the colors. Uh, you know, I think finding the theme is hard as well. 
you know, but that's just a lot of sitting around talking. Sometimes we go outside and ask, you know, hey, what did you guys do, you know, at your camp? And so sometimes we find, you know. Yeah, just like just like camps. that's how Maramita was actually formed because it was Menominee's sister camp. And the first year there actually was 70 campers in 1947. And most of them were siblings, sisters of boys that went to Menominee. And then there was a lot of good girls camps that people who knew the Wasserman family got excited that they were having girls. So a lot of the traditions came from other camps. Like there was a big camp called Macdo Lodge where my mom and my aunt went and they brought a lot of their traditions, traditions. from that camp to Maramita and people who came from other camps brought traditions. Just like when I came over from Menominee, we kind of changed things around a little bit and, and built, we decided it was, gosh, we might as well, borrow ideas from other people and make the best ideas for Maramita. And it worked out very well. Yeah. On a similar topic, how do you decide who's on which team? Is it completely random? Yeah. Well, yes and no. There are some people that are very, very athletic. And we know who those people are. So those people are separated on teams as best as we can. So that one team doesn't have everybody who's super athletic because some of the competition is physical. Athletic and some yeah. of it's not. And right. some of it's not. So, And mm -hmm. then we also have to think of the people who kind of think outside of the box. So if there's five people or six people that think outside of the box, we don't want them all on the same team because then they have a powerhouse on, you know, oh my God, it would be really good to do something like this. So we try to take that, you know, and put that into perspective and try to separate our real athletic girls and our real open-minded thinker girls. And then we have then sisters. Then we put sisters together. Mm -hmm. We put sisters together. So We try to do cousins, but, but we kind of, it doesn't ever it's work. Because it's a hard. lot of times, a lot of cousins are all athletic mm -hmm. and you can't have everybody on the same team. So we try real hard to do sisters. And if we can do cousins, we do, but it doesn't. That's not the standard. When your mom was at camp, we had a family who we're still very close with, the mm -hmm. Silvermans, and every girl in that family was super athletic. And and, and it was hard because that whole that was a whole team mm -hmm. of just their family every year. So that's so you have to be. But it's really fun to pick teams and it's really fun to, you know, come up with new ideas and um, how we're going to pick the captains. So that's always fun to do. How do you pick the captains? Ooh, that's the, one of the hardest things at camp, quite honestly. <laughs> well, you know years, how many years somebody has gone to camp plays into that. Have they been captains before? Were they Miramita League captains when they were younger? Um, how, how are they with everybody at camp? Not just their cabin and not just their senior year. We're looking at, hey, you know, She's really grown up in the last three years. She used to be so homesick. And now look at her, you know, making sure the little kids are taken care of. And, wow, she's really good with um, helping out at that activity with a counselor that's, you know, needs some help with something. I just, it, it comes to a little bit of everything. A little it's bit really of difficult. And I'll tell you, we really pull our at our heartstrings for yes. that. It, it There's hurt feelings. Some, and we try to even it out, but sometimes it it can't be even. Everybody cannot be a captain. It's just, mm -hmm. and so, you know, you do your best to make it 
as fair as you can for everybody and you look back at the past and you look at, you know, at the future and does this camper really need this championship? It's really hard. It's really hard. It's one of the things that I'm most excited that I don't have to do anymore <laughs> in retirement. It's very hard to do. And, and we really care about it. So it makes it even harder. Yes. It breaks our heart to, you know, have some, you know, there might be five girls that really are deserving of it. And there's only four spots. It's really hard. And then someone gets left out. And that happens in life. It's a good lesson to learn, but it's not easy to be the teacher of it. Mm-hmm. How do you choose a Mary Mita League captain versus a Red and White League captain? Well, I kind of think it should be the same. It is the same. I feel <laughs> that if you're a Mary Mita League captain or you're a Red and White captain, you're equally deserving of both of those places. Some girls only come for the first four exactly. weeks, so they could never really be Red and White, right? A lot of, it seems that what happens is a lot of times my eight-week campers some t- are more often red and white captains. It's only because I have some girls that only come the first four that mm-hmm. if I don't give them that, then they would never have that opportunity. Um, so that's, they're equally deserving and they could, they if you ask me, they can crisscross over if I, a Miramita League girl could be a red and white captain just as easily as a red and white could be a Miramita League captain. I feel that that's so important for people to know that they're just as deserving and just as um, important. I think over the years, they've both become equally mm-hmm. strong. Yeah. People used to just say that red and white was bigger, and well, I don't think it's bigger The other anymore. thing they used to think is that they used to have Miramita League and um, used to be like, uh, red team A, red team B, red mm-hmm. team C, and they used to think that if a you, was better, a was a better, was... a was a better was the first choice for a co-captain. C was the second, and but you're it didn't like, have anything no, to do it with just that. It never a did. lot of times it was alphabetical, <laughs> and then that's why we just call it now Stacy's little team or Rachel's little team. We don't we try not to give them A, Bs, and Cs anymore because people mm-hmm. thought that it had to do with. Who was yeah. picked first, and that's not And it not doesn't have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. How do you come up with all the games besides for, like, I don't know, like, bringing them from other camps? How about, like, some original games? How do you okay. come up with them? Okay, so a lot of times the JCs or the CIAs, depending on what year, we say, okay, you guys have to come up with a new activity. What's a new game? And they have to brainstorm and come up with something that would work. We do that with our counselors during uh, pre-camp. A lot of that stuff, a lot of new games come from counselors where we say, okay, here's a group of five, here's a group of five. Here. Come up with a new game that we can play that will be really fun. And they literally sit down and come up with games. And some of them they, they bring from their sororities, some from their universities, some from their school, th- their school some from a, 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 another camp that they were at where they were a counselor at another camp for, for another year. And they bring it over and then they modify it so that it fits into our schedule and our thought process. And Yeah, like Stock the Lantern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That whole activity came from Jackie Solomon mm-hmm. 20 years ago. I don't know if it was, I don't remember who brought it in, but somebody brought it in. And yeah, it was somebody from Australia, I think. Well, I thought it was Jackie, but it, it could be. Yeah. But that's how, that's how they develop like I that. I believe Lisa Zaslowski also said it was from Jackie. It could be. See, you might be right. 
<laughs> I, I I don't remember exactly, but I know that that's when it all was happening. So it's a pretty good game, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> just like just like Message to Martha, that was an old game, old historical game called Message to Garcia, which was the one we played at Menominee. But we used squirt gun, real real squirt guns, mm -hmm. and I thought it was too violent that way. So I made it message to Martha, and we brought it to Miramita, and it became a really big thing. Everybody loves it, but that was mm -hmm. brought from another camp, just like a lot of fun things. Yeah. When my mother was a camper. They had to eat French fries with a fork. Yes, yes and their did. sandwiches, certain sandwiches had, had to, to be, be cut. cut in half. And if you didn't have your napkin on your lap, that was a no-no. Table manners used to be really, really big at Maramita. And they still are considering a lot. But I still wish it was a little stricter. E eating outside Again. was very difficult for them. Mm -hmm. um, though I do find that Eating outside was nice for the lodge table because we got to spread out more often. We didn't sit together all the time. We got to sit with kids more, which was really nice. Um, but yeah, table manners. Yep. French fries with a fork. You had to cut your sandwiches in half. And there would never have been a rib eating contest like that. No. Or like how many grilled cheese sandwiches <laughs> can you shove in your mouth? They would, that would never have happened. That would never have happened back in the day when we were really strict with table manners. I'd like to be a little stricter again one day with table manners because I, I think, think it's, it's really important. Art. It's a lost art. Just like setting the table. Mm -hmm. Just like making a bed in the morning. I mean, I still get up every morning to, before I leave to go anywhere. We make our bed. And I just think it's a great start to the day. It's the first goal that you've accomplished of the day. And so, and but I learned to make a bed at camp. And a lot of girls learn to set a table at camp. And yeah. yeah. It's good to know the rules of etiquette. <laughs> yeah. And everybody always said Maramita had the best table manners. Yeah. And that was important. So, we, I, it, yeah, eating outside is kind of tough for that. I'll, I'll bet there's new kids from last year that still don't know how to set a table appropriately, but they would have if we ate in the <laughs> mess hall right. all the time. Exactly. I was making the bed in our guest room for company a couple of weeks ago, and my son Michael was helping me, and Michael was our only son that didn't go to camp. Michael always okay. stayed at Maramita, but Frankie and CJ both went away to camp. And I said, Michael, don't you want to put a hospital corner on the on your on the bed? He's like, what's that? And he's 29 years old, but he didn't go to camp, so he never learned how to make hospital corners. I just was like, oh my god, how did we <laughs> miss that with him? So that was a learned behavior at camp, or learned thing at camp. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. a lot of time now, I'm say, finding out that a lot of people don't use tap sheets; they just use their comforter. I know, but we don't. That, I know. We that always learn that at camp. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Okay, you're on, kiddo. <laughs> Why do you require certain activities? Ooh, Ooh that's same good. thing. It's about getting ready for life. Tennis has yes. always been required. Tennis is a life skill. You can play tennis. We have friends that are 80 years old and they're still playing tennis. It's a skill that you. It's an activity you can do your whole your life. whole life. It's an activity where you can learn and meet new, and and meet new people which is really important as you get older to be able to have something you could go do with somebody. And Swimming was just uh, something we thought were on this safety, beautiful lake. Safety. 
everybody should know how to swim. You, it's amazing how many people don't know how to swim and it's a safety issue. It's something that you should know how to do just to, so for your safety. Canoeing and kayaking, I always thought was important because where else in the world can you do stuff like that? And here you have the opportunity to do it every day. And so, and that's a skill. In fact, it's really funny. When we went on our honeymoon, um, we went and rented a sailboat. And, and, they, and they go, well, you have to take a competency test and, and at the place we rented the sailboat. And I said, okay, I'll take it. And I did it. And then Terry looked at me and goes, I didn't know you knew so much about sailing. I said, I learned <laughs> it all at camp. I never saw him sail at Miramita. But he did it when he was young at Menominee, and he knew what he needed to know. And it's fun to be able to go and do that stuff when you get older and not be fearful. Speaking of funny stories, at family camp this year, the great Kool-Aid and the geese. Oh, my Oh, my God. (laughs) Can you believe that? That was Terry's idea. I felt like an old lady yelling at, get on my lawn, get off my lawn. They were pooping (laughs) everywhere, weren't they? Oh, oh my God, then, the geese usually don't come until the end of August. Yeah, they came and early. And they came early this year, and we couldn't, I mean, and they poop, it takes like all day to pick up their poop. Uh, D- Jennifer Blumberg and I sat around picking up bags and bags and bags of it because you couldn't use the field, you couldn't be on the waterfront because they pooped everywhere. So I read that geese had this reaction in their nostrils and their throat to the grape scent. And that got rid of them. It helps. We just spray, sprayed it. We put it in a bug sprayer yeah. and sprayed grape Kool-Aid all over the camp. And <laughs> sure enough, the geese went away. Years ago, you know, Rachel, we had horses at Maramita mm-hmm. in the barn as you drive in. And it was really funny because every once in a while, like we'd wake up and look out the windows and the horses were out. And if you think the geese were hard to clean up after... <laughs> We had to really do poop patrol when the horses would get loose and run all over camp. It was hysterical. It was really funny. So that's one thing I didn't miss when we switched horseback riding out of camp is cleaning up all the horse poo all the time. Well, there were like five dogs at camp this year, so. Yeah, there was a lot of poop. There sure were. Lots of poop everywhere. I think there's going to be more. Let's see. Next year, I know Beebs has a dog. Or this summer, Beebs has one. Uh, And... I think one of our a nurse. Oh, if uh, Maddie comes back, Matt, that's yeah. two more. And of course, Obi. DJ just got a new dog last week, but I don't know if he's going to bring the dog to visit. He's not going to be at camp this summer, but Terry and I will be. And Mimi's not going to be there this summer. Well, she'll actually, be up visiting. Actually, the kids want us to take Mimi for the summer. Oh yeah, sure. Okay, <laughs> that's not happening. Okay, we'll talk about that after this interview. <laughs> I have to slide it in there, Rachel. Otherwise, he would be upset. This way I can, like, but I told you about it. <laughs> when did you guys make the decision to start having two-week options? Well, we... There was a time that um, one of the day camps used to come up and spend four days with us. Um, and that was a really good introduction to some for some because a lot of people thinking four weeks is too long. And so we gave them that two-week option to see, hey, it's not so long because before you know it, you're heading home and you just are getting into the swing of things. So it just, it it opens up the door so that we don't lose them to another camp that offers a two-week option. And um, 
they can see that four weeks isn't as long as they think it is. I think it's become so big and mini meters. And that, mm-hmm. I thought that was a cute name we mm-hmm. came up with. Yeah. But I think the mini meters are, I think they're going to have two mini meter sessions this summer. Yeah. I think they're going to have one the first session and one the second is what I heard. Really? Yeah. Again, another great idea. Carrying on traditions. Jamie and Nick are, you know, and that's another great thing. By bringing in new young people with fresh ideas, and those people went to Birch Trail and North Star. Now we have Birch Trail, North Star, Menominee, Maramita. There's so many traditions to draw from that it looks great. And, and that's how big and new things happen when you bring in new and exciting people. That's why we're so excited that Nick and Jamie were the people that were interested in buying Maramita. Because they are so young and so full of ideas and energy. It was just, it just is what Maramita needed a, 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 more of. We always need that. There are places I remember. Guest on Beside Lake Vita, DM us on Instagram at Beside Lake Vita or email us at BesideLakeVita at gmail.com. Until we meet again.